Canuck Central from the Kintech studio, hour number two of the program. If you missed hour one, Kevin Woodley joined us, the goalie guru. Is this the year that Ian Clark and the goaltending factory he's built with the Vancouver Canucks starts to make an impact for Vancouver as an organization? Talked about that and also discussed the ongoing situation with Canucks ownership. So hour one is where to get all of that conversation. Subscribe on the podcast, leave a review. We do appreciate it. Now, uh, I did want to get into a couple of things here, Sat. Want to mention overrated and underrated coming up later on this hour. Oh, very excited for that. Yeah, got a lot of submissions. It usually gives us a chance to talk a lot about food. Yes. <laughs> and we were, we were just talking about food in the in the break. <laughs> the problem is, so I talked about it earlier, uh, I, I made a slow cooker meal this week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after a day of, of meal prepping, I, I'm like bored of eating the same dish for a third night in a row. So do I... Do I like figure something else out? But now I don't want the food that I made to go bad. So it becomes, it becomes an issue because like, you know, if you eat something like I might be full, but I still feel unsatisfied. So I'll want to eat something else because I don't, I didn't really like enjoy the food I just ingested, if that makes any sense. I get what you're saying. And usually what happens, <laughs> it's not like you go and make another meal. You end up having like either chips or something, yes. or you end up having something sweet because you're like, I need something to like change my palate. You know, I, w- I wasn't satisfied. I'm full, but I'm not satisfied. Yes. Damn it, break off a piece of chocolate. <laughs> Way too much chocolate. It always ends up, uh, it always ends up being chocolate or ice cream. I, uh, I overheard you having a conversation with uh, Bick. Mm. In the hallway, yeah. Here, as the show was beginning, <laughs> about like I'm very concerned now. All of a sudden, <laughs> which conversation are you referring to? Well, there might be a few of them, <laughs> just like at home stuff. Um, Bick was talking about not making his bed in the morning. No, I think he was talking about making his bed like military style and all that sort of stuff, and like, having like uber discipline. But yeah, be disciplined. Like, have start your morning with discipline and stuff like that. And I was like. Ten minutes of meditation, make your bed, have some water. Relax, you know, take it easy. Um, I mean, I make my bed, I guess, military style every day. (laughs) I guess that's what you call it. So so you get up first thing in the morning. Uh, The first thing you do is make your bed? No, not right away. What I do is after I wake up, I'll I'll leave the sheets open for like a half hour or so because you sleep and you want it to air out a little bit or whatever, right? So you do that. And then after you, you know wash up a little bit of whatever and have a bit of coffee, have something to eat right away, then you go and make your bed and make sure it's, you know, nice and well made. Okay. So, I, you, you know, yeah, I, you, you tuck everything in properly. You leave your pillows on top of the sheet at the end. You and make it's a sure vibe, you're ta- you know? It's you, a vibe, just, yeah. it feels, you, you feel like your life's more in order. It feels organized and you walk into yes. your room, your bed's not a mess. You're like, yes. okay, I can, I can lay out a shirt on this bed for a second. It's, you know what I mean? It's definitely a vibe. Um, I will say this. I uh, I once saw a TikTok that said, don't make your bed. What? Yeah. Why? Because uh, if you make your bed, and maybe this is a good reason why you let it air for a bit. <laughs> yeah. But if you make your bed right away, um, it kind of closes in 
the air potential sweat from yes. the night of sleeping. Yeah, let and air out and try out. It becomes a real uh it, it becomes an even better spot for dust mites to exactly enjoy themselves. Exactly. I mean, you should be I, I wash my bed sheets once a week. Yes. I wa- I change my pillowcases every few days. Yes. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, you, you let it air out for half an hour, an hour or whatever, then you make your bed. But you don't do it right away. But there's just you don't just leave your bed open. If you like make your bed like right away, it just like just keeps everything in. Yes. Like all the dust mites and then like it's, it becomes a gross bed. But you can schedule it. I mean, yeah. you don't have to leave it, you know, a mess the whole day and walk <laughs> by it and get like anxiety because your home is a, an absolute, you know, pigsty or something. I get stressed out when my house is a mess. I like this is the clean. thing. Instead of feeling anxiety, I'll just like look at it and be like, well, I'm not letting the dust mites live. So this is, <laughs> this is, my, uh, this is my excuse for the moment. <laughs> Uh, making your bed every day is crazy behavior. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, right. oh, listen, I mean, <laughs> Rager's coming in strong, man. I am not. Rager went straight for the jugular. He went. He went straight for American Psycho. <laughs> I am not Patrick Bateman. Okay, Sack gives Patrick Bateman vibes sometimes. Get out of here. <laughs> Um, uh, table saw James do you guys realize half of your audience probably leaves a bag of wet hockey gear in their trunk for days <laughs> guilty as charged yeah and as far as your food prepping Vic and Van Dan they have something uh, they have an invention called a freezer <laughs> as in if you get bored of your food you can freeze some of it and then yeah. make something else I know, but the whole point of me meal prepping is so that I don't have to cook for a few days, you know? Yeah, I know. Anyways. <clears throat> what are you guys talking about? It's a sports channel, not a home, not a home improvement channel, talking about making beds. Sports, talk about sports. Mm. Sports, right. sports, 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 sports. Okay, you want to uh, talk about the PK? Yeah. All right, let's do it. The Canucks penalty kill. <laughs> Hard transition. Riveting conversation coming up. It is uh, factually... <laughs> a major part of the upcoming season. Even when Bruce Boudreaux was talking the other day, um, he sort of in a throwaway comment just mentioned, and hey, this isn't breaking any state secrets, but just as an organization, we've really focused on special teams as a way that you know mm-hmm. makes or breaks your season, essentially. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but you know, really... This team obviously knows they're not as built out as maybe some of the juggernauts of the NHL. And so where are they getting an advantage? They have to be good on special teams. They have to be good on the mm-hmm. power play again. And they have to carry some of the gains they made towards the end of the season on the penalty kill into this year. The PK units today at practice. This was the first day that they really practiced on the PK. Tanner Pearson, JT Miller. Big surprise. Curtis Lars, uh, Curtis Lazar and Jason Dickinson were the other uh were the second pair of the forward group. Joshua Patterson, Di Giuseppe and Nils Oman uh were the forwards. Hughes Pullman, OEL Burrows and DeKaiser were the deep D pairs rolling through on the PK. Now, it's not overly different from last year, but Pearson Miller is still uh, 
Still the go-to for the Canucks coaching staff. They just have uh, 110% trust in yes, that duo. They do. And I mean, the coach said Horvat wasn't on any of the units because he's not playing in the game tomorrow. Yeah. So I think that wasn't so much him saying Horvat, Horvat will not be used on the PK. It was him saying, well, there's no point because he's not playing tomorrow. Yes. So I would imagine you see Horvat also get some PK shifts when things go on and all that sort of stuff happens. But... um what I find interesting about that is something that Boudreaux had to say after those pairs. Now, maybe that's not the ideal PK unit too, because Mikheyev is out and Horvat might be used as well instead of, you know, maybe Dakota Joshua. I mean, we'll see, right? We saw Pedersen Mikheyev on Sunday mm-hmm. against, uh, against Calgary and uh, early returns were pretty good. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. Like it can look a lot different than what you saw, but it was notable that the coach, when talking about Curtis Lazar today, he said Curtis Lazar was one of the few guys who kind of showed that he knew what he was doing on the PK. And I think he was referring to the forwards. So it's still something as good as, as much better as a PK can get. My question ultimately comes down to what is the ceiling for this PK? Because I do see a pathway for it to be better. And I do see going with the power kill idea makes a lot of sense. But there will become a time where you just have to like kill penalties and just yeah. in zone defend really well in critical times and all that sort of stuff where you can't be pressuring or depending on how a game goes and what circumstance you're in. That's the question. And one thing this unit showed last year was when things fell in on itself, they imploded. Like yeah. it was really hard for them to overcome giving up a goal or two every single game, it seemed like the first 25 games or so. So I'm not sure if they have the personnel, Dan. And when you hear the coach say something like, Lazar is the only guy that one of the few guys who showed he knew what he was doing, is they're probably not going to be a top 10 PK. You know, they're probably not going to be that. But what do they have to be for the team to have success? The only world they're a top 10 PK is if. Thatcher Demko is just bailing them out all the time. Yeah, but no matter how good Demko was, there's only so much a goalie can do on yeah. five on four. You know what I mean? Like, hey, goalies get t- lactic acid does not care. Yeah, you know, when your when your legs are burning because you've gone post to post five different times in yeah. a minute and a half, when you've been stuck in your own end for a minute and a half. No clearances, no chance to reset for a second. It it becomes a lot. Yeah, there's only so much you can do, no matter yeah. how talented you are as a goaltender. But there's always the world where the goalie plays really well. Right, like Patterson takes a massive step and he's even mm-hmm. better on the PK. Lazar is incredible. Mikheyev is really good. And they add another defenseman that can be really good on the PK, whether that's the Kaiser being on the team and being good on it or them acquiring somebody else. But everything has to like align for that to happen, which means it's not a likely outcome. I'd love to be proven wrong. I love, I mean, hey, I'd love to be proven wrong on any prediction that doesn't have the alt, opt, optimal out, outcome for the Canucks. I would, I, would, I would love to be wrong and the team prove that they're the best or amongst the best at doing anything. I'd love to see that with this team. In, any, in anything, whether it's goaltending, you know, PK, power play, uh, scoring goals, not allowing goals, whatever it is. I love to be proven wrong and them showing they can be the best in the league or amongst the best in the league. I want to see it, but I'm skeptical of the PK being at that level. So, I mean, I could see it on the power play, them being yes. elite uh, amongst the league's elite, but I can't. It's hard to see it on the PK. It is really difficult to see, but can they get to, say, the top half of the league? Can they maybe be in the top 20 range? Yeah, Don't be, be in the bottom 10. Be 12th. Or 15th. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll live with top 15, yeah. 16 even. And, you know, that would be a huge upgrade from last, last season. Mm-hmm. You know, 
one of the things, like the PK wasn't great under Boudreaux, even in the second half of the year, but they were top 10 in goals against at five on four mm-hmm. uh, with Boudreaux behind the bench. Once they made the changes and Bradshaw really took over, they, they saw some serious gains mm. on the PK. We all noticed it, but it still wasn't great. <laughs> You no, know, and, and, and is Mikheyev, uh, assuming he's healthy, going to make that big of a difference? You know, I, I, I still have my doubts, but th- there is more elements for them to use this year with Mikheyev and Lazar. It's clear why mm-hmm. they went after those two players in free agency. 100%. And, you know, they're a big reason and also just the natural regression. They were so bad last year and things were went so wrong. They're not going to go as wrong this year. Yeah. Famous last words, but they're they're very unlike. It's going to be some positive regression, you know. No matter what, I think. Bo Bichette was only going to be so bad for so long this year, right? <laughs> exactly. It was eventually going to turn around. For eventually, him. eventually, and then finally did, and that's kind of part of it. So they're not going to be bottom five in the league. Yes, but avoid the bottom ten. You know, yeah. that's where you want to be out of. That's a red zone. Because if you're bottom 10 PK, it just makes it so hard for your team. Like Jeff and Mission says, rather than just being the best at shooting themselves in the foot, just be okay. Like, yeah. th- don't be the best at hurting yourself, right? But Lazar and Mikheyev, I think, gives them enough, as long as they're healthy, to avoid the bottom five of the league. Now, get a little higher than that, too. Because the issue is, they, they lack players with a lot of two-way intelligence. Or at least natural two-way intelligence. Well, even the guys that they did bring in, like Dickinson was awful on the he penalty was. kill to start the, to start the year and last And he's supposed season. to be better at it. And maybe he has some positive that's, regression. That's supposed to be like the area he actually excels in is the defensive side of the ice. But like even, even so you, we look at JT is not great at the PK. He's playing it, but he's not great at it. I'd, yeah. I'd rather see him not play on the PK as much. I mean, he's brave. We remember the time Demko lost his blocker and he's, he yeah. went there and, and he tried to block a shot with his face. And He'll win tried, face-offs. Yeah, That's he like, battles and yeah. all that sort of stuff, but he's not a great penalty killer. Ultimately, they want him playing less on the penalty kill this year, I would imagine. Yeah, and what, and what was something he even talked about? He's got to be a better two-way player. He does have two-way intelligence, but he hasn't exhibited that playing center yet, and that can obviously get better on the PK too, but that's not, not a strength of his game that he's yet to exhibit, especially playing center. Hopefully he does this season. As good as Elias Pettersson is and as talented as he is, he's not a good penalty killer yet. What he is good at is reading the play, mm-hmm. jumping lanes, and he's, and he's very effective on the penalty kill, but he hasn't yet you know, figured out how to be a good penalty killer traditionally and doing certain things that you have to figure out as time goes on. And then Besser's not a penalty killer. No. Kuzmenko's not going to play on the PK. No. Hoaglander's not getting that chance. No. We saw Garland on the weekend. I want to see more. Yeah, but even him, you know, like he, he's a good player, but because he's not super fast and he's not big and all that sort of stuff, if he's not reading the play, anticipating and creating chances going the other way, then he has some limitations naturally right. to be an effective penalty killer, I think. But I do agree with you. If you have a philosophy for power kill, then you do try those sort of things out. But they lack an excess of players that have that two-way intelligence. And that's ultimately my biggest question about how they can excel. And a lot of that can happen in terms of natural growth. If Pedersen just gets better and figures that stuff out, and if JT Miller gets better, right? And, and put Colson finally gets that chance on the PK and he starts exhibiting, you know, a growth in the two-way intelligence that he has already shown to some degree as a rookie and what we see he's capable of doing. Those things have to really emerge for this team to become a strong, not only a five-on-five strong team, but really good penalty-killing team. And the positive is you can see some potential for that growth to happen. But ultimately, 
they probably still need more of those types of players. I uh, don't think it's a good sign for Danny DeKaiser that he was the extra <laughs> on uh, on the PK today. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's playing tomorrow night, like that, that's ultimately his best trait is helping you on the PK. Yeah. But as we've talked about, he's sort of, the reviews have not been great for Danny DeKaiser so far in camp. I think it's opened uh, space for Burroughs to make the roster out of camp, who we've kind of forgotten about. Travis Dermott did not practice again today. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux saying he just still isn't feeling well. So, Yeah, and then he said something about the hit didn't look that bad when he saw it or whatever, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, when it comes to injuries and what's been said and what's actually happened, <laughs> I'll, I'll just reserve judgment until further hey, notice. Hey, even the Leafs called John Tavares day-to-day before <laughs> ruling him out for a minimum of three weeks. It's not at the Canucks. It's at the National Hockey League. Yeah. The National Hockey League is very bad at... Well, they have next to no transparency on injuries, and they lie consistently yeah. <laughs> when it comes to injuries. <laughs> they lie. <laughs> Am I call- Are you calling me a liar? Yes, I am calling you a liar. I just... Uh, whenever I- <laughs> They lie. I, th- <laughs> I think of Brad Pitt in Seven. <laughs> Oh man, that's a depressing scene. <laughs> Very depressing scene. It it is, but it's it's quite a scene. It, it, it's, <laughs> don't forget about it's it. It's memorable. It I don't is know. memorable. Uh, you lie. You're you know liar. Liar. Shut up. Uh, we do have we, <laughs> we have a lot of reactions. So, you know, positive reaction. Uh, good reaction. Good reaction. reaction. We actually we actually have a lot of people reacting to. Um, meal prepping, meal prepping, and also uh, tips for meal prep. I'll take them all. DM me on Twitter, please. Yeah, we'll get to some of those in a second. On the PK, uh, some good tweets as well. Uh, Jabo in Vancouver, eighty percent should be the goal. Power play between twenty to twenty-five. Combine hundred, hundred and five percent special teams should get you a playoff spot. And you know, if you want to put a number at it, that's the number, eighty percent. Yeah, you know, you you want to be eighty percent, and the power play should not. So. The power play is capable of being 25%. And I can even see them going supernova, Dan, and getting like 26 or 27%. Like, we've seen that happen in this, you know, now with Edmonton's power play. They have McDavid. We see other power plays, you know, get over 27%. I mean, we see some incredible power plays. They why have why the did Edmonton have such a great start to the season? Their power play oh, power was, was clicking like, for like 40, 50% for the insane. first six weeks of the year. It was unreal. And by the end of the year, they're still like, what, 28% almost? Yeah. Or whatever, whatever it was. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but the potential is there for it to happen. I, I think about it more in stretches. Yeah. Where it's like, can you have a... Like, you got to have some real hot runs during the season like the Canucks did towards the end of last year. And what were the reasons for that big hot run? Generally, you look back and they had a real good stretch on the power play. You know, if you can have a 12 to 15 game stretch where you're clipping at 35% on the power play or 40%, you're probably going to win a good number of those games. Uh, when the Canucks were losing all those games at the start of the year, yeah, look back at them. A lot of them were close. Couldn't and a, score. And a lot of them, they gave up two, three goals on the penalty kill. Not only that, so many things compounded. Not only did they do that, they weren't good enough on the power play. Their power play for a lot of the early part of the season stunk. was, was kind of, it, it wasn't, you know, yeah, by their standards, it stunk. It was never in the bottom 10 of the league. It was like a 19% range, 18% range, and it ended up by the end of the season cresting over 20%, and it was respectable top 10 by the end of the season. But the potential is there. 
And especially when you look at what Pedersen is capable of, Hughes doing a bit more, Besser having a better season and being a bit more productive. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a pathway there for it. Because I mean, we saw Toronto's power play was 27.3. St. Louis was 27. The year before, uh, the last full year, 80, 82 game season, 2018, 2019. That's how far we've got to go back for the last 82 game season. Yeah. But Tampa clicked at over 28% that year. And other teams were 27, 26%. So we're seeing power plays be capable of getting to that level. I'm not sure if they'll get to 28% or anything, but the potential is there for it to be in that 26, 27% range. Okay. Uh, so that's real important for special teams. Final thing on this before we get to overrated, underrated. Nils Oman and Linus Carlson. What to make of them continuing to skate with the main group? Is this them really pushing and impressing the coaching staff or is it a product of we're still early in preseason and the Canucks have had two injuries to players that are going to be on the NHL roster in Brock Besser and Ilya Mikhaev? Is that the reason Linus Carlson and Nils Oman continue to skate with the main group? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is them getting actual looks here. You know, because they have to. They have to get looks at guys uh, because you have McKayev out and Besser out. They're probably not going to be here for the first few games of the season. So there's another spot up for grabs. We've already handed one to DJ Zep. Maybe we shouldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see. But right now, there are two players this team still has to add to its forward group by the end of, by, by the end of training camp, by the time the regular season starts. So with potentially a top six spot open or top nine spot open because Hoaglander can still potentially play in your fourth line because they've tried that before. So why not see if Linus Carlson can do something playing with Elias Patterson? Just see, just see if it, there's anything there. You know, Even if it's just like a flash for two or three games, great. That's all yeah. we need you for. Just a few games. We want to get some confidence, go back to Abbotsford, and we'll call you back up again. Niels Allman, you mm-hmm. know what? Hey, maybe he can play that, that fourth line center style that we need and we can we can keep Lazar with Bo Horvat and all of a sudden that fourth line can still be what we wanted it to be. You have an option now with him there. Ultimately, Sheldon Dries might have the inside step because of his experience and his capabilities of doing those sort of things. Yeah, but if, it's if intriguing. You a, if you need a guy to play a game or two, like you know Dries can do it, right? Um, and and I'm sure, you know, even even a Nils Oman could, could figure it out for a game and, and give you 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Give you 8 to 10. But it, it generally, generally guys can play one game. Yannick always talks about this with us. You know, like you can do it for one game. Can you do it for 15? Yeah. Uh, think about all the times uh, Justin Bailey showed up for one or two games. It's like, oh, he looks really good. And then after 10 games, you're like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Like if, you know, the, 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 the most famous one in these parts was the Jason King with the Sedins, you right. know, back in the day where the mattress, line. the mattress line, and he had a great start to the season and ultimately didn't work. But get, guess what? He helped him out to start the season and he yeah. did his job. And ultimately somebody else came and took over, but he helped him out. And right now there's an opportunity, at least for a handful of games for somebody to do something. Uh, Carlson, there's still question marks about can he play at the speed yes. of the NHL level? Big, big questions. Um, Nils Oman, there, there's been a lot more, I would say, well, there's been a lot of positive reviews from mm-hmm. the coaching staff with with Nils Oman. And I think it's just simply he plays a very mature game. Uh, a defensive game, uh 
details are are good, all those types of things. But got to see it in an actual NHL game, and you'd still prefer to see him at the AHL level. But I think we're almost at a point where it's not out of the realm of possibility that one of them open the season on the opening night roster at the very least if you're carrying 13 forwards and eight defensemen. Yeah, and right now, it just it's just easy to hand Giuseppe that line, yes. that fourth line role, because Hoaglander moves up and Lazara plays on the third line and everything looks natural right now. But is that is that maximizing the potential? It's probably not. Because if you're actually moving one of your top nine guys down, mm-hmm. whether it's Lazar, maybe, which yeah. is more natural, or Hoagland or whatever it is, well, you're strengthening your fourth line, and maybe you're able to add somebody to your top line that can give you something and make sure that line still moves. I mean, you might still be stronger. If, if let's say, you're 5% worse on your second line, but you're 20% better on your fourth line because all of a sudden Lazar's playing there. And is that trade-off worth it by having Linus Carlson or having um, whomever else may earn that spot for a couple of games? Canucks preseason coverage on Sportsnet 650 is brought to you by Black & Lee. Suiting up has never been easier with suits and tuxedos in a modern, wide range of colors, styles, and fits. Blackandlee.com. Overrated, underrated. It's up next on Canucks Central. Canucks Central from the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star, 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 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. This hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. So uh, it's Wednesday. You know what that means, Sat. It's time for Overrated Underrated. Eddie, hit the music. There it is. Shouts to Eddie running the show today. Eddie's the man. Fast Eddie Gregory. Hope you're having a good day, boys. Yep. We just can't see you, unfortunately. Nope. Not today. I'm there in spirit down you, the hall from you guys. You are. You know what's funny? I mean, it's hearing your voice is nice, but because we're so used to being in studio and seeing some the producer <laughs> when we speak to them, it's, it's just kind of like it's yeah. he, it's like the voice of God. <laughs> Eddie, you are now the voice of God. <laughs> I will take that <laughs> with pride. Eddie Gregory, now the voice of God, as well as the Vancouver Giants here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, so overrated, underrated. You know how it works. Uh, You give us topics. Each and every Wednesday, I'll put out a tweet asking for your submissions. And you reply. And then we answer them on the show. So, having a personal water bottle, is it overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated? Uh, It's definitely a... Yeah, I, I just looked at my water bottle on the table and I was like, okay. Uh, under it. That was your under it. Just, that's, that's how you started <laughs> the proceedings. I just wanted to give another example in case uh, for all the new listeners, because podcast numbers are up. Shouts to everybody listening. We appreciate you. But um, 
all the new listeners that may have, may or may not have uh, heard overrated, underrated. So want to see? Okay, so yeah, water bottles, uh, uh, underrated because <laughs> you know they, they don't harm the environment. Yeah, uh, the reusable ones, and you have water with you. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. There is a part of water bottles I think that do harm the environment, and that's the oh, ones yes. that are painted. Oh, because I have one that's painted. It's a few years old. Got it from our previous employer's set. Oh, okay, I know. What you and mean. the paint is chipping like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I got one of those too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's good for the environment. You're no. right. Uh, nor is all the plastic water bottles. I know it's not really a BC thing, but like, yes. You go to Ontario, everybody buys water bottles. Mm-hmm. Man, in Europe, every like water bottles everywhere. <laughs> Water bottles everywhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one from uh, wannabe NHL reporter. Andre Kuzmenko. Un- overrated or underrated? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we got to see him. We got to watch him in one preseason game and he showed some flashes. Um, rated? I, I, I haven't. We got to see a bit more. I got to see more. You can't, you know, call something underrated or overrated without knowing what it is. Undetermined. It's undetermined. Let's just say rated for the time being. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, underrated for now. Underrated. I feel like what people are tempering too much too, expectations a little bit too much. Are they? Yeah. Hmm. I'm uh, I'm buying Andre Kuzmenko <laughs> to be the the next great number ninety six of the Vancouver Canucks. Dan is buying into the hype. Who was the last great number ninety six of the Vancouver Canucks? I think Burry wore 96. Yes. There there was a more recent number 96. Adam Gaudet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great would not really describe his play with the number 96. No, I think... Canucks. Yeah, I think Kuzmenko can do better. Is, isn't Gaudet going, going to be the next uh, Michael Bunting in <laughs> Toronto? I, I heard... That's a things. story, right? Yes. The crystals are working. Uh... See this one from Jeffro in the text inbox? Okay. Uh, scarring your son before he goes to see the dentist to have a tooth pulled. He's 13 and likes to bug me now, so I told him getting a tooth pulled is no big deal. It just sucks when they give you the needle for freezing. Oh, boy. So scare your kid. Underrated, man. That's an underrated I mean, move? Yeah, underrated move. Give the kid a little bit of a, uh, you know, if you don't brush your teeth and floss... This is the stuff that's going to happen. That's true. That's true. You know? Scare tactics 101. Yeah. Uh, also, make sure you floss and and brush your teeth. Children that are listening to Canuck Central. Floss your teeth every day. Yes. Imperative. The dentist will scold you if you don't. Um, I mean, really, you, you should at least, you should at the very least floss your teeth like five days a week. Yeah. Every day is preferable. But at the very least, five days a week. Uh, continuing. Dave from Nanaimo wants to know, Angelina Jolie, overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated? Underrated now? Is she underrated now? Yeah. We don't hear about her anymore. Yeah. She had a real good stretch. Excellent a lot of good stretch. Movies. Excellent yeah. stretch. Incredible movies. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, underrated. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I was debating rewatching that recently. Oh, Decided yeah. against it. Yeah. And you you rewatched it? I'm, I'm guessing. I would say I would say it's worth the rewatch. Is it? Yeah, it's fun. Hundo you, P. You, 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 Hundo P. <laughs> you enjoyed it. 
Uh, back in on the Canucks, AJ with this one, the right-handed defenseman. I'm assuming he means on the Canucks. On the Canucks. Well, I mean, in general, they're underrated because there's so few of them compared to the uh, left side, yes. left-handed defenseman. But just because somebody is shooting right-handed doesn't make them a good hockey player. <laughs> so it can be overrated as well. And especially when you look at this team, I mean, the Canucks are not lacking a right-side defenseman. No. The question is... The question is, is the quality of those defensemen. Who are the right ones to play? Yes. So you have Tyler Myers, Tucker Pullman, Luke Shen, Kyle Burrows. Who would be next on the depth? Like Jet Wu, probably fifth on the depth chart there on the right side. So they have bodies on the right side. Um, look, Myers players. Myers played well last year. I, My, I, Myers is Honestly, My, Tyler Myers is underrated. Because people hate well, the contract so know. much. I don't know, Dan. Come on. <laughs> well, I guess I guess that's a hot take. So Tyler Myers is underrated. People hate the contract so much <laughs> that they just can't see that Tyler Myers is a decent NHL defender. Yeah, he's decent. I don't like paying $6 million for somebody who's decent. I mean, I, I'm not commenting on no, the No, I understand, but it's hard to... I just can't call him underrated when he's taking home $6 <laughs> million a year. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, he's underrated. It's like, the guy's making $6 million. He's making six sheets. The ain't, dude no, has, ain't nobody underrating that guy. Dude hasn't even hit 30 points in a season for Vancouver yet. Yeah. Come on. And, I, and I'm a Tyler Myers guy. I defend Tyler Myers. I, I, I don't mind Tyler Myers, but I can't call him underrated. Depends uh, which view you're, which perspective you're taking. <laughs> Who's underrating Tyler Myers? Really stretching. Not the NHL general managers. <laughs> We're, we're really stretching the definition of underrated. Like He's underrated when you suspend reality when it comes to his contract. Okay. <laughs> no, he's underrated by Canucks fans, I think. The chaos giraffe. Agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, overrated or underrated or perfectly rated complimentary bread at restaurants. Oh, underrated. Because, hmm. like, it, it doesn't happen as much anymore. Yeah. Like, the We're, keg who, bread is still great. Yeah, keg bread is still complimentary. Yes. It's terrific. Yep. I mean, I, I like fresh bread with butter. It's, 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 it's like the best, it's one of the best pre-meal bites you can have. Yeah. So, uh, sneaky move, a restaurant I went to recently. Uh, we ordered, like, a... I guess a caprese salad to start, mm -hmm. you know, like the bocconcini and the tomato or burrata and the tomato. And it was great. It was fantastic. But um, this is the mistake I made. They asked. So I, I, I ordered the, the caprese salad and they're like, would you like bread with that? And I said, yes. I, I assume, you know, you get a couple of, uh, at least a little bit of crostini to yeah. come with your, your, your cheese and tomatoes. And no, no, they charged an extra six bucks. Six bucks for the bread. How much bread did it bring you? Not much. It was like a slice? Yeah. <laughs> Having a loaf of bread for six bucks. Man, cost of living, man. It's, uh, it's, it's inflation, I tell you. It's, uh, it's getting everybody. <laughs> so uh, the stanchion go wants to go a little bit further. Whipped garlic butter with said bread instead of normal butter. Uh, I mean, the better butter is better. Yes. Honey butter. Have you ever had honey butter? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It means, sometimes maybe a bit too sweet, mm. but... Um, You're yeah. soft. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
too sweet. Who calls honey butter too sweet? Sometimes I don't want anything sweet. I just want you know butter. I want a little. I want the. I want the saltiness of the butter, <laughs> not the sweetness of the butter. All right. Is it sweet actually? I've never it's, had it. It's it's really not that sweet. <laughs> uh, Chef Swagger, affogato. I mean, underrated. What is affogato? You've never had an affogato? Maybe I have. Or describe it to me. It's like uh, you pour the you pour the espresso over the ice cream. Oh, let me. Um, yeah, I had that before. It's all right. That's coffee and ice cream. I don't know. I mean, sometimes be like, have you had coffee and ice cream together? It's like, it's, it's coffee and ice cream. What do you want me to say? It's good. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's coffee and ice it's cream. It's the best of both worlds, man. Have coffee flavored ice cream. Yes. I mean, it's better than just like throwing sugar into your coffee. Yeah, I suppose. I put, um, I like, I like to have, I, I put the almond vanilla silk in my coffee. Okay. Almond vanilla silk. Yes. Almond beverage? Essentially. Why do some coffee shops just call it oat beverage rather than oat milk? Is it not oat milk? Uh, maybe it's maybe it doesn't like to associate itself as milk. I don't know. I do... Uh, maybe it's a non... I don't know. <laughs> I have gotten a splash of oat beverage. <laughs> in... <laughs> In my coffee a time or two. That's my go-to now. I order the uh, double... In the summer, I'll order a double espresso over ice with a pump of sugar-free vanilla syrup and a splash of oat beverage. Oat beverage. I don't I like, but I couldn't figure out why they called it oat beverage. So maybe it's a question I need to ask. Let me see. Why is it called oat beverage? <laughs> um, we're getting uh, bread ratings. Old Spaghetti Factory has excellent bread. Oh, does it? I think as an Italian, I'm uh, I'm not allowed at the Old Spaghetti Factory. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Italian enough for you. No. I mean, you haven't been to the old spaghetti factory before? No. No? Have you? Yeah, I've had. I mean, who hasn't? You, obviously, but normal people have at least gone to the spaghetti factory once. I mean, hey, out here, no, every thanks. once in a while, we went out for like, you know, uh, you never went out with, your, with your, like, one of your sports teams or anything? Go to the spaghetti factory? Not to the spaghetti factory. Never. Huh. No. Yeah, bread is good at the spaghetti factory. <laughs> your pretentiousness is showing. Yes, yeah. very much so. I'd rather go to Pizza Hut. Um, that's a lie. Uh, <laughs> I was like, why, why, why would you go to a worse place? <laughs> Just to make a point. Uh, that's, like, that's like cutting your nose to spite your face. Tawasin Canucks. Steve Francis coming to Vancouver this weekend for a movie premiere. Uh, probably overrated generally. It, it, it's funny because I was like, man, Steve Francis, he's, he's going to be on The People Show on Friday. And then you're like, yeah, we interviewed him a couple of years ago. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. I mean, it's like his first time he's mm -hmm. speaking. And he, he, like you reminded me, he <laughs> didn't sound you know, too remorseful about yeah. how things went down. No, he's just very real about everything. Yes. Like, yeah, I didn't want to be in Vancouver. <laughs> yes. I was too young. I didn't know. I, like, I'd never been, you know, I never really traveled away 
too far from home. He even went to like college close to home uh, for the short time that he was there. So all of a sudden he's like, what? I got to go to Vancouver? What is, what is this place? I don't want to go there. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't happen. I don't know. Do you blame Steve Francis more or do you blame Grizz management for what? like just being like, no, we're going to draft you anyways. They should have never drafted him. It was, it was yeah. the dumbest thing ever. And when they made the trade, as good as Michael Dickerson could have been, he, it's not like he was going to be a star player. He was a nice complimentary player, you know, and then his knees kind of gave out and it was what it was, but he was a nice player, but they didn't get a top piece back for the second overall pick. And especially when there was players like Lamar Odom that could have picked who wanted to come to Vancouver, maybe for a number of reasons, but he wanted to come to Vancouver. He expressed a desire to come to Vancouver. Just trade out of the pick if that's the case. Move down and get somebody else. And they did the dumbest thing and they made a trade. And Antoine Carr was also part of that deal. Guy used to bark at people on the bench. (laughs) Seriously. Wasn't that junkyard dog? No, this, this is before that. Antoine, a big dog car. And he was he was a dog before the junkyard dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I interviewed him a few times and he, like, yeah. Would he, would he just bark yeah, at you? Yeah, he'd just bark. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Why, why, why are you barking? <laughs> why are you barking? You can speak. I'm a human. <laughs> uh, Discount Dracula. Outlet stores. Oh, underrated. Now, yeah. certain ones dig- are overrated, though. Yeah, but you have to dig through them. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's what you're looking for. It depends what you're what you're trying to do. Let's say you want to get a nice designer suit. Yeah, hit up an outlet and go and go and get it like tailored for you. Get yeah. it a lot cheaper, a simple black suit or something. You can do that. Get it tailored, and you save a lot of money in getting it. It really depends on what you're doing. What you're, you're talking looking like for. Winners or like no, no, no. Hit up the outlet stores like ah. when it goes to like MacArthur Glen hit up those outlet stores yeah that's what I'm talking about MacArthur Glen is underrated in general yeah I feel. a lot of stuff now again airport outlets for those that uh, yes might be wondering mm-hmm. the uh, US has great outlets yes I haven't been in a while might have to might have to hit up the Seattle premium outlets <laughs> might have to before the season begins um this one comes from Justin People's obsession with bacon. Overrated, underrated. Overrated. Or perfectly rated. Overrated. I like bacon, but overrated. I don't um, get the bacon craze. You don't get the bacon craze? No, I like bacon. I don't get the bacon craze. It's 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 too much. Yeah. Like regular bacon. I don't know. It is a bit overrated. I'm not just like a straight bacon guy. I, like a breakfast sandwich with bacon is like perfect. Yeah. I tend to like back bacon. Do you? Yeah. Mm. The Canadian bacon. Me not as much. Female bacon. Yeah, me not as much. No? Too much. Fewer calories. Yeah, but it's too much meat. Like bacon has more calories, but it's thinner. (laughs) Do you you make your your bacon in a pan or do you throw it in the oven? Mm, Pan. Really? Yeah. Oven is the way to go. Yeah. Less mess. Less mess. But takes a bit longer. Takes longer. That's the thing. Cooks more even. I don't make bacon very often, but I will have bacon when I go somewhere. I don't like making because it's a mess. It's messy and very it messy. smells bad too and all that sort of stuff afterwards. I'm more of a pancetta guy, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Bubla, bacon is better for you than crystal meth. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Fact, facts only. Facts only. Facts only. <laughs> that's a low bar to cross, but facts only. 
A couple on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Max and New West, Krispy Kreme donuts. Overrated. I'd say overrated too. Yeah. Like I'd say the... the, uh, the I like having one every once in a while, but I'm not... I never like super crave a Krispy Kreme donut. I don't get the Krispy Kreme craze. Now, the donut shops out here, I forget all the names, but you know, all the good ones here. Mm -hmm. They're... Wow, they're really good. I like Lee's those donuts, Lee's donuts, and Cardam's, Cardam's really donuts. Good. See, I forget the names, but I know the, those are the ones you mentioned. Those, those are good. Krispy Kreme depends. Yeah. Um, a couple more coming in. <laughs> what? What am I reading about oat beverage? <laughs> uh, Matt Nabby, sixty-one home runs. Uh, overrated. Do we want to get sad on his uh, it's Aaron, overrated. Aaron Judge's chase? Oh, six- I, listen, I don't want to see chase Aaron for sixty-two Ch- again. I, I thought that text meant like Aaron Judge got his th- his sixty-first goal, his first sixty-first home run. Mitch White is pitching, so, so I'm he, not, he might get surprised. it. He might get it. It's overrated. Is it the record of all records? No, it's not. Exactly. Well, okay. The, the, okay, what is the home run record? Barry, uh, 73. And Barry Bonds has a home run record. Yes. Have they removed that record? No. It still stands. Yes. So what are we talking about here? The American League record. So? It's yeah. a, an American League record. It's like having the Western Conference So what you're record. saying is it's cool. It's not that cool. It's not that important. What's the Eastern Conference record for goals in a season? <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> we know it's 92 in the Western Conference from Gretzky. Yeah. I don't know who, who it is in the East. Does anybody care? Nope. When did, uh, Hull, it's got to be Hull, no? We know Hull. Brett Hull was in the West when he got 86. Maybe, yeah. yeah. That's well, true. yeah, I mean, Detroit played in the West. Was Detroit in the East during Gordy? Solani? No, yeah. Solani was in the West. Solani, well, yeah. no, it was... Uh, McGillney was in the East, but he had 76. Yeah. Buffalo. It's got to be uh, Almo then. Maybe. But does anybody care? It was Mario Lemieux with 85 <laughs> and 88. Oh, forgot right. Mario. I mean, obviously you Mario. forgot Mario. I, I forgot Mario. <laughs> I did, but, <laughs> but yeah. So it, it doesn't really matter. All right, that's uh, that's it for overrated, underrated. Yeah. So those people saying, actually, you know what? I'm going to leave that one. Uh, all right. Uh, Jeffro says, cook a bunch of a bunch of strips of bacon for a snack and see when you crave bacon. Again, for a snack. <laughs> it's true. Like, you, there's such a thing as overdoing the bacon. You can overdo bacon? Yes. Yep. Candied bacon is really good with the brown sugar. In mm. salad? Yeah. And anything. Candied bacon. Now I'm hungry. All right. <laughs> Go and have your meal prep. Uh, it's Canuck Central. Oh, man, I got to eat the same thing again. <laughs> why, why don't you uh, cook up some bacon? Yeah. Have it with it. <laughs> Might be an order out night. Um, all right. Coming up tomorrow, long show, 3 to 6, plus a preseason pregame show leading into the Canucks and Seattle Kraken at Rogers Arena. So you can listen live and, of course, always listen on the podcast. Subscribe and leave a review. We do appreciate it. For producer Eddie Gregory, my co-host Satyar Shah, I'm Dan Richo. You've been listening to Canucks Central on Sportsnet 650.